you walk into the basement and find Better Buddies. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Calvin. That's me. And returning after a two-week hiatus, James. I'm back. Hello, everybody. All right, leave. Okay. <laughs> Bye. It's been good. Bye. It's... Uh... <laughs> um, Damn. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week is... Uh, it's the week after Easter. Uh, I got some peeps... From my parents, that was pretty neat. I haven't eaten them yet. I'm kind of dreading the amount of sugar they'll be. It's a lot of sugar. It is, mm. but it's tradition. Yeah. Um, God damn it. This is what he died for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so speaking of Easter and sugar, the icebreaker is who would win the Easter Bunny versus the Tooth Fairy? Easter uh, Bunny. Easter Bunny. Yeah, Calvin I mean, have you ever seen, Gar- the Le- uh, what is it, the Legends of the Guardians or whatever? It's like Hugh Jackman is the Easter Bunny. He's going to totally take that to Fairy. Or, uh, well, but there is that one. He's got a boomerang. I, I've seen that movie, but I've also, I haven't seen this movie, but I I've I saw trailers, I remember, for The Tooth Fairy. I think I actually Dwayne, have seen that movie. Dwayne The Rock Johnson becomes yeah. The Tooth Fairy. So, nah, Hugh I, Jackman Rabbit could still take him with his boomerang. <laughs> I am going to actually agree with Calvin, but not for the Hugh Jackman reason. <laughs> I'm just going to say the Easter Bunny because he's been sanctified by God. So I'm going to imagine that he's like a Knights <laughs> Templar, basically. A Knights but Templar it, against the pagan Feywild of the two things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm going to turn this into. A so I'm going to. Wearing a little chainmail shirt and a helm. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That would be Rise so. Rise of the cool. Guardians. Sorry. I. I knew Legend of the Guardians was the wrong name. It's Rise Legend of, the Gu- Legend of Rise Legend of, the of the Guardians of the Galaxy of Gahul. The Galaxy? Uh, no, no, but the Owls. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just put them all together. Yeah, yeah he just... Major crossover. That's the next 10-year franchise, everybody. What was it? Rise of the Legends of the Guardians of Gahul. Rise got- of the Legends of the Guardians of the Galaxy of Gahul. Dude, you got something for every major demographic. Christians, nerds, <laughs> Uh, Just those furries. two. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> the, those are the only three that matter. That really covers all bases. But uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Easter Bunny. I'm actually going to agree with the Easter Bunny as well. Uh, only my initial reason for this was because I know Watership It Down exists. And the rabbits mm. in that are vicious. That's, rabbits are yeah. Yeah. Also, my I'm trying to just Google stuff, and I've totally screwed my entire Google account Uh-oh. because I was playing with my phone earlier, and I set the language to Japanese, and now <laughs> it's trying to auto default everything to Japanese. Oh no! Oh, and wait, don't you speak how Japanese? How to fix this? <laughs> just use the like inbuilt page like read for me thing, and it will speak it to you, and then you can just listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you tell it your computer it's being shameful, it will uh, start <laughs> Google linking everything together. Ooh, turn it into a air traffic controller, then it has to speak English. I don't even yeah. know where the setting is for this. Language. It's English. <laughs> no, it's Japanese. So it says. So it says. Maybe it's just like you messed it up and accidentally got a computer from the year twenty one fifty. Actually, it seems like it's doing it automatically. Or Japan dominates the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out anime really wasn't a mistake. It turns out anime was the greatest victory. I mean, turns <laughs> out <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's turning out. I guess. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll have to we'll have to see. There's still some fight left in us. I don't know. We, we, I watched, we can, I watched anime again for the first time in a while God this week. Damn it, RJ. <laughs> You're letting that Eastern uh, Eastern witchcraft poison your mind. Okay, but Dr. Stone Season 2. I don't know what that is. Uh, Dr. Stone is an anime. Oh, God. Where it's a good anime. 
It's a very good anime <laughs> with a very cool premise where a like It's about a Jewish doctor. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't watch that anime. The series starts with this super science nerd kid in class. He's hanging out with his friends or whatever. And this green glow covers the planet and turns everybody into stone. And then thousands oh. of years pass and civilization dies. And he well, wakes up. Well, it's just kind of ceased to exist. <laughs> Not so much die. <laughs> and he wakes up in this stone age technology world. With all these statues, and he's like, I'm going to save the planet with science. And he's, like, super genius, so he's able to build, like, anything. Because no. he knows, like, all the science. So he, it's just him slowly working through a tech tree. And at some points, graphics pop up on screen to show you the tech tree that he's actually working on. Well, it's based <laughs> on a manga of the same name, and it's worth noting that the both the show and the manga are scientifically accurate. Yep. In terms of, like, all the things he builds. Yep. They, the, and the liberties they take are, like, oh, he's not able to build this super complex glass thing. But, like, without getting into spoilers and stuff, like, they find a way to do it. But it, it's kind of like a yada yada, and here's this complex glass thing. But they also show, like, trial and error, and there's reasons why they're able to get to it and all this stuff. Yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, kind of those plots where it's, um, and you you really only find them in sci-fi, but it's where, yeah, there's like one person left on the planet, and they're like, I, there's one way I can get everybody back, but in order to do that, I'm gonna have to read books for like 20 years and figure out how to do like particle engineering, or like, it's a, like I, I like some Yeah, kind of, yeah. There's there's a little no there's not really any of that in Oblivion. What 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 am I thinking of? Uh, I am Legend has the dude living on the aircraft carrier trying to like reverse engineer a cure. That's not right. an aircraft carrier. Yeah, there's oh, he, something he, with he, an aircraft carrier. I only I only ever saw the trailers. No, <laughs> I am go trying to think. Off the aircraft carrier. You're oh, not maybe he goes golfing off an aircraft carrier, but I don't think so. Oh. I think it's just off a pier or something. Oh, but. That I cannot confirm. It's been a long time since I've seen that film. Yeah, that movie's what? That was like 2008. Oh yeah, that movie was in like development for like 20 some years though, wasn't it? It's based off a novella. I've read part of that novella. It's um the well because only... in the... yeah go ahead yeah well I was, I was gonna say in the in the movie it's like they're like. They say they're like zombie vampires, but they really just say that so that the like they're basically just zombies that move fast. But in the book, in like the novella, they're actually like they can talk, like they're regular people. Basically, they're just like the living undead, and like there's literally scenes where, um, <laughs> this guy, the main character's next door neighbor, who he like hated. Like in like a Flanders Homer or like a uh, Timmy's Dinkelberg. dad and Dinkelberg way. I'm I think one of the plot lines is that that neighbor is responsible for basically turning his wife, and then that neighbor, as this like vampire zombie, stands outside his door, and like all through the night, like just talks at the house. Like he knows that the main character can hear him. Um, well, he's like sleeping and he's just like talking about how he's like with his wife and like how he like he should come out and blah, blah, blah. It's like really fucking twisted, but it's um, kind of awesome. Do you guys care about spoilers for that novella? For what novella? Uh, the I Am Legend one. Oh, I, I mean, I've seen the movie. Uh, this is a so I guess spoiler, spoiler for the people listening because the mm -hmm. ending movie ending is different than the novel. Oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, so the big twist in the book is, uh, like James is saying, like the neighbors out there talking and stuff. The big twist is that he is their boogeyman. The main character is the boogeyman of these nightmare people that they tell their children about. And oh, I that think is where that. the legend yeah. comes from, that he is the uh, legend. Because he's uh, going in and like kidnapping and grabbing these people because he's trying to develop the cure. And they're like... Dude, there's this guy. He comes out of nowhere. He just kidnaps you. They never come back. Yeah, that's fucking. 
I always I thought the the whole explosion kind of of like vampire related stuff in the early to mid 2000s was fascinating. I never saw this movie, but I remember as a kid, for whatever reason, being interested in it because I read like a Wikipedia article on it. It's called uh, I think it's called Daywalkers. It's literally about like a society. It's like a mid 2000s movie. I think it's got Ethan Hawke in it. And it's about a society of vampires who like a vampire virus basically like took took over humankind and nothing has changed except for the fact that now all like they're basically all vampires and there's like a um like stock of human beings that they have to basically keep up do you mean daybreakers daybreakers that's it daybreakers yeah i i can't remember who it got who it has in it but i just remember right ethan hawk ethan hawk I remember thinking it was like an interesting idea because basically the whole crisis of the movie is like, we're running out of humans to eat. Like, we got to figure out a way to synthesize like human blood. Um, And I just thought it was like kind of a funny. I always like those kind of parallel like universe style movies where it's not like so simple as being a parallel universe. It's just kind of like a reversal. Or not. It's got Sam Neill in it. Oh, my God. Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's another actor I recognize. Holy shit. In all the classics. Well, since we're talking about it, uh, so, so much media, do we want to do our uh, Better Buddies Recommend? Recommend some sure. media to enjoy? Yes. Sure, and then I have some stuff I want to chat about after we do our recommends. Excellent. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll get mine out of the way then. So I watched yeah. the Snyder Cut of Justice League last weekend. I have heard interesting things about this. So I'm going to recommend Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh, damn, son, fuck. <laughs> Got ya. Um, that fucking juke, he faked us out. <laughs> because okay. I, I watched that the same day and Iron Man the same day. And one Holy of the... Shit, you watched all three of those the same day? Yeah. But it was oh my like God, the, that's like your entire day. Well, it was the Saturday after I got my second vaccine, so I was pretty wiped, anyways. Honked, oh, yeah. So I like it was yeah, literally yeah. just a, like I'm gonna be sitting on the couch all day, anyways. Let's just do this. Um, but one of the things that stood out to me, I all of the things with the Snyder cut aside, one of the things that stood out was the CGI. It was mm-hmm. there was just so many points where it was noticeable. That made my brain go, and like I'm probably being more critical than I should be because I am more of a Marvel fan. So like, take that into consideration with my sentence. But mm. so many points, and it, there were more of those points because Snyder cuts four hours long. Where I went, I saw the CGI there. Like my brain recognized it. Um, like Themyscira when they're running away with the mother box and like doing all the horse jumps and stuff. When the women are obviously CGI'd or, and like the flashback to the big f- climactic battle when uh, Darkseid first came to Earth and the gods got rid of him. Like, there's so much CGI in that that's blatantly obvious. Okay, because let's, let's make the distinction here. Because <clears throat> you're saying it's noticeable and then like blatantly obvious. So what you're talking about is, and this is something that Marvel does get praised for in DC Dragged. Like... You're you're saying, you know, because obviously when you're watching like Guardians of the Galaxy or Avengers or whatever, you can tell that things were CGI. Yeah, I don't but... think they actually had a talking raccoon. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. So obviously, like, there are some very so noticeable, <laughs> quote unquote, like elements of CGI. What you're saying is probably if I'm if I'm hearing it correctly, is that like the CGI in the Snyder Cut, at the very least, was like very distracting in its yes. quality. Okay. It, it made my brain go, oh, I noticed that. You think, like, d- did you get a sense that that was, was that a design choice that they were just trying to roll with? Like, oh, we'll try and make it corny? Or do you think that was a product of, like, kind of thin budget, stretched everywhere, and rushed? Based on the tone of the movie overall... And some design choices, such as black suit Superman, I'm saying, I'm going to lean into, it was not intentional. Okay. Um, okay. And because of this, I, I do have to say, my recommendation is Age of Ultron. I noticed it in Age of Ultron a couple times, too, on a rewatch. Um, it'd been a couple years since I'd seen the movies, and in rewatching it, there were definitely points where I went, oh, that's, like, I, I, I'm noticing that CGI, 
but the only times I really went, oh, I like that's a little distracting, is there are two points where the Hulk like picks up and puts down Black Widow, mm-hmm. and it's very obviously that she was CGI'd when he was doing that. But with all of the other CGI that takes place in that movie, I think that's pretty good. The opening so, scene with Ultron is cool. Yeah. First yeah. <clears throat> uh, so question then. Um, and sorry if I spaced out and missed you saying this. Uh, so do you do you feel that, that, um, that same way about all the CGI stuff? Is that just more... Um, a Snyder cut thing, or did you see the original cut of the Justice League? I did see the original cut of Justice League. Did you feel to the same extent in that one, or was it like amplified in Snyder cut? Or like, I I will give the original cut this credit, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it remained in the Snyder cut, but there was that whole thing of oh, they CGI'd Superman's face because he had the beard. And I mm. actually didn't notice that very much. Yeah, I never noticed. Cut. I never noticed the CGI of the mustache. Everyone's like, it was so obvious. And I was like, <laughs> I honestly never caught it. And I, yeah. was, I wasn't like looking for it, but I knew about it. And I um, still didn't even like catch it. Maybe that's just me being unobservant. But No, I, I think I think part of it has to do with the length of the Snyder Cut. Okay. There was because just there... that many more opportunities to notice. Because the reason I ask is because Age of Ultron and the original Justice League cut are both Joss Whedon. Fair. And I think, I'm trying to remember back. I didn't know if there was just a connection there. I thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to remember back. I think there was a little bit of it that I noticed in the original Justice League cut, but I was a little too distracted by how weirdly Flash runs. (laughs) He does run really weird. He runs so weird. Um, And they took out my favorite line from the uh, theater cut. My favorite line in the theater cut when they revive Superman is he gets Batman by the throat, looks him dead in the eye and says, tell me, do you bleed? You will. And when I was watching it, Oh, so he does the Batman. Yeah. Mm. And it was just such a like, oh shit, he's going to fuck him up. And they took that out because it was a Whedon line. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) okay, cool, I guess. But yeah, Avengers Age of Ultron is my recommendation, even though I talked a lot about the Justice League Snyder Cut. Um, oh, yeah. At James, as you said, that Ultron intro scene, when they're having the party and Cap shifts Thor's hammer, and mm. uh, the robot, like, shambles in. And his speech at the beginning is so perfectly, like, cryptic, and I, I absolutely love... Um, Oh, what's his name? I, uh, James Spader's delivery on those lines. Yeah. I was tangled in strings, foggy. <laughs> to kill the other guy, like the way he deli- he managed to deliver those lines. It's really good. It's so good. Yeah, it's a very lurching but oddly determined delivery. Like it sounds like somebody who's who's like just coming out of a dream, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, no, I think I, he does I, a great job yeah. throughout that entire film. I, yeah, I think the, the open that his introductory monologue is probably the, the best one that he has in the film because, like, throughout the rest of the film, a lot of the focus for Ultron is more on his like physicality because he becomes like just like an eight foot tall, basically, like quasi robot god, yeah. yeah, like god, yeah. Um, so there's more focus, uh, on his kind of like what he can do rather than kind of what he's saying. But yeah, that I, I went back and rewatched a couple weeks ago, uh, the opening scene for age of Ultron. Cause I was like, I remember this is like the one Marvel movie. This is kind of like the black sheep, like even among Marvel fans. They oh don't seem to oh no. Like it wasn't as well received, but it's far from being the black sheep. What would you say is Thor dark world? Oh shit! I forgot. I like Thor: The Dark World. Everybody I, forgets about Thor: Dark World. I honestly, I think the only two movies I don't really remember liking very much out of the cinematic universe are probably honestly the first Thor and the first Captain America. I was really? a fan of either of those. Yeah, I was not a fan of the first Captain America. I thought it was like. I thought it was trying to be corny without realizing that it just kind of naturally was. Um, and that to me was like a missed 
opportunity, but it's also probably almost been like, I don't know, seven years since I've seen it. Longer. So, yeah. Huh. But yeah, yeah uh, I recommend Age of Ultron if you want some cool animation, some cool fight scenes, <laughs> and some awesome James Spader dialogue. Oh yeah. My favorite part of that film is when is when Hawkeye like <laughs> pulls the bow on Quicksilver and he's like, "No one would know." Just <laughs> yeah, what what happened? Uh, I don't know. Last I saw, Ultron had him. He was just he's <laughs> 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 just like yeah. running and like running across the cove. Yeah, all by himself, just like talking to himself. I don't know. I just really love that bit. Oh yeah, it's Hawkeye is such a great humanizing element in that movie. And they call out. He's like, "Listen, I have a bow. It doesn't make sense." Yeah. I uh, yeah. I wish he. I wish he had like curse words. I wish he like literally draw. Like I wish he like said fuck or something at one point. Like <laughs> if they had to call him up for something like during one of their you know the montages in one of those movies where they're all getting like assembling. I literally wish there was just like a shot of him like in a in his pajamas. At a coffee table, like at a, at, at the table at his house, the breakfast table, and he's got like a cup of coffee. He's like reading the newspaper, and his phone starts buzzing, and then he sees it, and he like sighs, he takes a drink, he's like, he's like, God fucking damn it, <laughs> fuck again! Like, why do they need him? Why do they need him? Oh, see, and I love that because Ultron, the Age of Ultron, touches on that too. Mm-hmm. When they do go to his farm, and the and he's like. He's talking to his wife and he's like, Oh, you're you're worried they don't need me. And she's like, No, I'm worried they do. That like you're the thing yeah. holding them together right now. Yeah, because uh, he's supposed to be the like human element in this team of like gods. Which I love. I think because even like even like uh uh well why Justice am I Justice League where even Batman is a money god? No, I was thinking <laughs> of black I was thinking of Black Widow. Like even she has like a tragic backstory that kind of elevates yeah. her, but like Hawkeye doesn't. Hawkeye's literally like I, I used to shoot bows and arrows until I was really good at shooting bows and arrows, and that's how I ended up here. Also, something about Budapest, and it's like, all right, okay, I'll roll. It's like <laughs> where he shot a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about as much of a backstory as we got for like '80s and '90s action heroes, and that's about as much as I need for someone like Hawkeye. I'm like. You know he happened what? to be there, and they kind of just kept bringing him along. Yeah, he's like the closest thing they have to John McClane. He's just like a regular dude who gets involved in a in a pretty uh, uh, elevated situation. Yeah. Who would like to go next? I'll go. Okay. Uh, so I hope you don't mind, but my my recommendation is going to be kind of like another podcast. Oh uh, no! I do mind No. But I've been, I don't think I've brought him up before. I might have, but it, so I guess I'll expand it. Um, so far, I've only listened to two of their shows, but I've enjoyed both of them. And I've, I'll probably end up checking out some of their others. Um, but there's this podcast network called the Fable and Folly Network. Mm-hmm. And they do kind of like dramatized radio show-esque podcasts. Um, so the two that I've listened to are stories And they are like radio show-esque where they have like a different cast doing stories and they'll have sound effects and all sorts of stuff in the editing. And it's really good. Um, The one I first found is called The Amelia Project, where um, it's basically about this secret organization that you contact if you want to fake your death and then come back in some other way and they're all in these like ridiculous ways and everyone's got these like ridiculous stories it's like a comedy but Uh there is like um there is after the first like season or so there there becomes a deeper like plot line that's happening and things and now in the third season like they're still kind of doing this whole like oh we're gonna make come up with these fantastical disappearances for people but there's still there's like now a deeper plot that's happening um I think it's 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 pretty great. It's really enjoyable. Good humor. Um, it's fun. I love radio drama style stuff. It's yeah. it really adds to that um, audio format, which I think is not. Um, thanks to the podcast has come back, um, but with the advent of video, kind of disappeared for a while there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other one I've been list- I just found the other day is called uh, Civilized, and it's this sci-fi one. And it's actually um, they claim it's uh, improv. So I assume by improv they have a story and they're like, okay, you have to hit this beat, this beat, and end here, and everything in between is improv because there's too much of a connecting story for it to be just straight improv. Yeah. Um, but I've been enjoying that one quite a bit too. It's been uh, the first couple episodes. They're um, basically these like three people are on like a terraform ship and they're sent ahead to like terraform and. Uh, it's great because it's like the sci-fi tech of like pods that when they die, they're just like regens. So they just keep dying and coming <laughs> back with no memories of the, the fact that they died. Uh, and so it's pretty funny. So is each it's a pretty... Like, I'm sorry, to what? a different place? Is each episode for that one them going to a different place in terraforming or how does... Uh, it... No, they're pretty inept. Uh right. So, like, the first episode is there's, like, acid rain, and there's this person that's, like, out there, and she's just, like, uh, you know, this rain's, like, it feels weird. Is like, like, should my arm be, like, bubbling like this? And then her arm just falls off. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's trying to get people to help her or give her gear, and they're just, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Good. You got this. And she's, like, oh, well, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll, go, I'll head back out then. <laughs> uh, my toe fell off, and the guy's, like, it's just. That's uh, that's just a uh, it's a um, it's appendage, none of the limb. It's fine. Throw some aloe on it, <laughs> uh, and then she turns into a pile of goo, and she's like, "Yeah, this is a uh, this is excruciating. Um, <laughs> if someone could help." How long until no, they, how long do you think until they do the uh, accidentally created a clone when the original is still alive thing? Mm. I don't know. It started off as very dark comedy. Um, but then it kind of turned into a more just now it's beginning more narrative and drama, which I'm, I don't dislike, but I kind of liked the more darkly comedic aspect. So mm-hmm. I hope they return to that. I get that. Yeah. But That's I also get where they had to kind of push a storyline because you can only get so much of that before it's just repetitive in the same jokes. Yeah, true. Very true. Awesome. That. Sounds, oh, so, and you said the Amelia Project was the people will call up. That's like the secret society them. that you go to if you want to disappear. Yeah. And is the coming back supposed to be like a surprise? You're all at my funeral. And no, no it's like you, you want to start a new life. So you okay. want to disappear and start a new life. You go to the Amelia Project. Okay. And so they'll set you up with strange new lives like being a clown tamer. Well, whatever you want, it's it's you just come in with whatever you want. It just so happens that most of the because of it's a comedic show is that most people have like ridiculous requests okay. uh, and stuff like that. Um, but it's yeah, it's funny. There's like one where there's this cult leader who his entire his entire cult is the fact that there's a world on the opposite side of the sun, an exact opposite uh, opposition of us. And everybody has a duplicate on that world whose life is exactly duplicate, um, the opposite of yours. So if your life sucks, their life is amazing. And if if your life is amazing, their life sucks. Um, and he wants to, and he convinces his cult that he's going to go there. But then his life becomes awesome. So he's like, well, I don't actually want to go because if my life is awesome, therefore, if I'm going to the other guy to take the other guy's spot on the other world that means my life's gonna suck because he created the cult when his life sucked mm. but now his life is awesome so he doesn't want to go <laughs> <laughs> that's actually good that's a good setup i like that yeah that's yeah that's very good that's very good james what do you got for us uh i have been doing some digging some retrospectives um i'm going through south park and i'm re-watching all of it um i am currently almost done with season three um i've seen every episode of the show quite a few multiple times over because i have had nothing to do for the past five years um wow i know <laughs> Uh, but the last time I did this was probably honestly when I was like a freshman or a sophomore in college because um, I'd, I'd seen some episodes before um, and then I just watched all of them straight through and that's what I'm doing again. And I can't remember if I've, I would be surprised if I hadn't recommended South Park 
I'm going to recommend the first three seasons in particular. Um, because the first three seasons eclipse the beginning, they 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 encapsulate the beginning of the show. It's kind of sudden and meteoric rise to very like a, a very high pop culture kind of status. And then the third season they made uh, simultaneously while they were making their movie, um, which got like released in theaters and stuff like that, and got nominated for Oscars for like best song or whatever. And then kind of after the third season, like that's when the show um, settled into like a groove. But the first three seasons are awesome because like the two creators, like Matt and Trey, I think they were maybe like 25 or 26 the first season. So you literally have like two guys, (laughs) two mid 20s dudes who end up making like one of the most successful television programs of all time. And at the same time, they're catapulted to like us. I mean, people love them. Like that that show single handedly made Comedy Central. Um, it was like one of the first programs that they wheeled out, and one that really brought people in. Um, and there's like compared to I think to like uh, what the show's kind of become, which is like a week to week kind of like social political satire. Like the original three seasons have much more of a kind of internal structure and character. And there's actually like a difference uh, between characters and kind of the outside world. They're not just always used for like surrogates or parallels. Um, There's like a, there's a great episode one I just watched uh, like a couple hours ago um, called the red badge of gayness where uh, I know it has to do with the civil war reenactment um, where Cartman makes a bet with Stan and Kyle that South is going to win the Civil War or that the South <laughs> won the Civil War. And they're like, you're an idiot. Um, they lose this battle you're about to reenact and they lose the war. And he's like, all right, I'll make you guys a deal. If the South loses, then I'll be your slave for a month. And if you, if the North loses, then you guys are my slaves for a month. I'm like, okay, deal. So what he does is he convinces all the Confederates uh, who are reenacting that side um to basically like riot and uh the confederacy like slowly kind of rises again because he goes from place (laughs) to place in the reenactment to keep himself from losing they go from like south park to topeka to fort sumter to washington dc basically reenact and rechart the path of the civil war all while like and you get the only reason that these like people, the reenactors are like going along with it is because they're all getting loaded on, uh, on this, like a s'more flavored schnapps brand that <laughs> the whole reenactment. So they're just getting like plastered. They're following this like little eight year old as they like go from town to town, like pillaging and like reenacting and stuff like that. It's at that it's point, I think plot- it's just acting. Exactly. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's plots like that where it's like, that's so dumb, but it's so funny. Um, and it has almost nothing to do with any like current events that were going on at the time. And it's just like fun to see a South Park where they were kind of a little more their own rather than like really giving themselves over to, again, the more like satirical elements that the show kind of became known for later down the, the line. Um, How long has yeah, show I would been like- running? Oh my god, since 97. Oh my like, god, that show is 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's either 97 or 98. Let me check. Um, but it's... Well, it started it's, as just like a holiday special that was on like a VHS that got passed around. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, which they made when they were... That started in 97. Um, yeah, which they made when they were probably like 20, 22, 23 maybe even younger. Um, So the show show has like pretty old roots, but I would say I would honestly go so far as to say like, it is very much a classic piece can animation in the fur in one of the frames, actually in in the first episode, which was, I think the only one done in the old style, the style that the Christmas special was done in, which it means they were all by hand, all construction, Paper cutout characters, all moved and stop motion animated by hand. You can see uh, briefly for like Flash in uh, like midway through the first episode, there's a hand. Um, 
really quick who's like adjusting one of the characters and it's just there for like maybe a frame and a half and then it goes away and it's like cool because there is something that's very kind of amateurish and rough about that but at the same time it's like see something that was just made by these two guys and is basically for them like a passion project mixed with like a school diorama and then they just put got to put it on national television um, and kind of knowing what it became, it's really cool to see where it started out as. So I recommend the first three seasons of South Park. Awesome. There are your recommendations for the week. Calvin, what would you like to talk about? Uh, all right. So I got two things. Um, so the first one is, uh, um, do you guys know who the Russian dissident uh, Novani is? What's his name? Like Alexei or Alexei Alexei Alexander? It's like Novani or Navalny. Yeah, Navalny or something like that. So um, I read an article today about him. He's he's in um, a Russian prison uh, because of like a bunch of BS and Putin just jailing his dissidents and our critics and stuff like that. Not even dissident, he's just a critic. so, but um, anyway, so I was reading about it because he's um, his health is failing while he's in prison and uh, he's doing a hunger strike. And <laughs> there's an aspect of this article that like, don't get me wrong. This is horrible. What's happening? Like this man is dying for democracy and um, because he just wants actual democracy in Russia. And Putin is basically already attempted to murder him with nerve agent. He survived that. And now he's basically, they've came up with a BS reason to throw him in prison and it's killing him. But there was this really darkly comedic part to the article where um, his lawyer is able to like get in there and talk to him. Uh-huh. And Navalny um, is on a hunger strike until he can get, because he wants to get proper medical treatment um for his stuff because he's losing feeling in his arms and legs because he's having these like spinal injury stuff um and at one point it mentions that because he's on this hunger strike and obviously they don't want him to die because then he becomes a martyr for the cause Uh so they were talking about how to try and break him of his hunger strike the guards were roasting chicken near his cell and putting candy in his clothes pockets Wow! And I just thought there was something really darkly comedic about the idea of being in a Russian gulag and being the prison guards just like, ah, this chicken smells good, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> just like putting candy but in your pockets trying to get you to eat. Imagine the guy in the next cell over who's like, wait, what do you got? Man, you got candy in your pocket? Dude, pass that over here. And he's just like, no, for democracy. And he throws it in the corner of his cell. And the guy next to him is like, no, yeah. come on, man. Bitch. Well, I, it, no, well, because there is something inherently almost like psychologically childish about like someone refusing to eat. And then a group of people who are like, you don't understand. We have to get you to eat or you'll die. And that's going to look bad for us. Here comes the airplane. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining like big, bur- like burly Russian like guards who are like, "What is problem? You don't like famous <laughs> Colonel's chicken? <laughs> Come on, Alexi. What is problem? You don't like Tootsie Roll? Here, I put in pocket. There you yeah. go. Like, pats it like quietly. Like, <laughs> Here you go. No you save for later. <laughs> Would you like a of those, child? <laughs> what is problem? You trying to be hungry because you think it is cool? It is not cool. <laughs> if all your friends are hungry, would you be hungry? You skinny, you skinny, eat, eat. <laughs> There's no way to live, Alexi. Please. Come yeah, enjoy just... the delicious value basket. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> like, like I said, it's horrible what's happening and the reason he's doing it. But just that juxtaposition of the Russian guards trying to entice, entice him to eat by roasting chicken near his cell. And that's uh, the problem with being curious about anything is like, you're you're bound to look ridiculous some way. Yeah. Some way, yeah. somehow. But I know I get what you're saying. I, okay, I feel question. Are they roasting? Do they have like a little propane grill set up that's like <laughs> shin high and they're roasting the chicken out? Or have they created a little fire and they've got a spit that they're turning? 
I don't know. It just said they were roasting chicken near his cell. So I don't know if that means they're bringing, they're just walking past with roast chicken. You're like, ooh, smells good. Or if they're actually like cooking it near him what or if like got, bring him into a room where it's cooking nearby. They just built an entire Walmart deli in front of his prison cell door. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got the rotisserie thing going. They're like, come on, man, one of these times. <laughs> Yeah, there's like some schmuck from Illinois who's behind the counter. Like, Jesus Christ, is anyone going to buy anything in this place? <laughs> like, what the hell? What a wait. <laughs> oh, my God. One customer and the guy's on a fucking hunger strike. What, what <laughs> law of business? Location, location, location. No, think I'm not. this would be easy? I'm not putting another chicken out until we sell this one. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, this is, this is, I mean, even for us, this is wasteful. All right, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is also a bit of dark humor to it, um, less dark humor, but just funny. It's admirable in what they were attempting to do, but they missed the mark. So Intel created this. I think it was Intel. Um, they created this AI to, um, in real time, kind of censor online voice chats Uh-oh. so that you can ha- you can run this on um i assume on your end would be the thing so you because you, you have control over it so you could turn this on in like your discord or whatever and you're like i don't want to hear people like cussing me out dropping slurs or anything like this on online which is like fair yeah and you don't want to hear like people insulting you and to kind of curb some of this hate speech online um so um it in real time uh, bleeps out. I believe it's called bleep is the program. And it, in, in, in real time, it's supposed to listen to what the person is saying and it's supposed to censor them. Um, so there's in the settings option of this, you can adjust some things. Uh-oh. And somebody decided that they, they, they chose the wrong things for the settings. Because um, for one example, um, you can censor the N-word. And very logically, you can either censor the N-word or you don't censor the N-word. Okay, so it's just a setting. Misogyny, you it's a slider. So you can either block all of it, have a little bit of misogyny, have somewhat <laughs> of it, or just let everything through. I'd like a Dude, little I, bit of misogyny. Like for like all of the other <laughs> settings, it's sliders. So it's like, oh, I don't want to hear the N-word, but I'll take a little racist. So you can just like, and everyone's like, um, what do you mean by like a little racism? (laughs) Can I get just a little F-bomb, please? Just a little F-bomb. This is why I honestly don't think the United States could ever really truly be like to its own people, a fundamentally totalitarian or authoritarian state. Because we're incompetent at it. No, because everyone wants fucking options and sides. Like, that is such a big part of American culture that, like, when you go out to dinner, it's not just like, all right, here's here's your fucking one meal, like one piece of food. It's like, no, with a steak, you get you can either have a soup or a salad plus fries plus another soup or salad soup, plus shrimp. salad, vegetable, baked potato, dessert. Yeah. Yeah, dude, people, people are too, they're too used to like having options. You know what I mean? You're not going to whack that out of anyone in a generation or two. Take that Russian subversion agents, <laughs> Chinese. But no, I was looking this up and I don't like. I I'm just think it's that... funny that you can just turn on a little misogyny or a little <laughs> bit of aggression. Well, the problem <laughs> I, don't, is... I don't, I don't want any ableism, but you can make a couple racist jokes. I like my racism neat, please. No, no shit in my racism, all right? Pure, undiluted, unfiltered racism. Hey, man, hey man I'm, I'm looking for a... I'm looking for some... What you got? Well, all right. I, I only got a little bit of ableism, but I've got pure, uncut racism here. Finest in all of the states. Oh, fuck. This, this guy doesn't fucking and, play. Listen, I don't have any, but I can get you a line on someone who can toggle the N-word setting in the program. <laughs> Like, I get it. Like, because I've this shit has been talked about ever since like more people started going online like 15 odd years ago. It's been talked about ever since the internet was a thing, but it's like, 
it, like in my opinion, complaining that there are like bad people online or not even bad mean people is like going outside and complaining that there are mean people in the real world. It's like, yes, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying you that by virtue of them just being mean that you're like, well, nothing we can do about that. Like, guess we're just going to let them all be assholes forever. It's like, no, but there's something where it's like, I can't believe that people on a violent video game would swear at me. And it's like, you're playing game. Where you're like ripping women out of like cars and beating yeah. them to death. And you're no. complaining about some guy saying like, word i don't know if that's like comp i don't know if you could get both, there's you know yeah there's I mean? an extent to that i see what you're saying but i would say the difference is that in the real world you can walk away from that person and still do the, your activity like if you're going to a restaurant the restaurant can just kick the person out for saying these things like cussing dropping slurs you you're you have the ability to expect a moderate level um, and if at the end of the day, it's yeah. like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to a different restaurant and still enjoy it. And like there, you have some of those options where it comes to online settings, there's less of that. I mean, you, I guess you could make the option, well, you can play a different game, but I feel like going to a different restaurant is a little bit different because it's like, you can still get pretty much the same thing. Whereas video games can be a little bit more of a unique experience and environment. And I think it's just a little unfair to be like, well, in order to experience it, you have to suffer through hate speech and all of this toxic language and all this stuff. So I get what you're saying. There is a degree yeah. to that where, like you were saying, if you're playing like an extremely violent video game, maybe don't expect it to be G rated. Yeah. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it has to be X rated. No, and I think it brings up a good... You're bringing up a good point, too, though, where sometimes, like, there are just people who are just dicks in video games. Like, all the yeah. hate speech or whatever stuff aside, like, there are people who hoard everything. Like, if you're playing an online game, like, they hoard shit, they dig themselves in, and then they make life miserable for everybody else on the server or during the game because it's like, they know what they're doing. And if... Like, that's not bad enough. Like, you run into sometimes those people who are just raging assholes. And there's, like, yeah. nothing you can do. Because you can mute them, but that's not going to stop. Like, you yeah. muting them isn't going to stop them from, like, owning half the shit uh, on the map. No, uh, so it's like... if Depending on the game, like, Calvin, we were playing GTA a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And there was one guy who was, like, he, was, he had the power or whatever and was being a jerk to people. And we both looked at the, each other. And the we server like, turned on him. The server turned on mm -hmm. him, and Calvin. I think Calvin, you were the one who was like, "We should, we should bring out our inner James." <laughs> yeah, we did. I, I did yeah. say that, and we just were antagonizing, like open to everyone. Like we were oh. just egging everybody on. Someone would say something in global, and I, in Arjun, I were just no, just responding, were. just like not even on a side. And like I had some, and then like people were just there was like this brawl between everyone on the server. So I just got my plane, and I just did. Bob, carpet bombing runs over everyone just trying to get every i just didn't care who i was dropping oh, wow. bombs on so no uh definitely pulled out our inner uh jerks there and but but i feel like there's a difference there because yeah. Yeah. we weren't like dropping the n-word we weren't dropping slurs or hate speech we were just being we, were, be we were being antagonistic without yeah. being rude i yeah. love yeah, I mean, there's something sometimes with fucking with specific people in a video game, like especially in an online game, because like some of the people who end up being really good or just playing video games a lot are like no different mentally from like, um, you know, if they had like a different body or whatever, they'd be the, the, the classic like 80s bully who's like giving people wedgies and stuffing people into lockers. But they're a nerd in 2021. So they're on like whatever online game just being a dick to people. So like fucking with those types of people is one of the most fun things ever it's like it it gives me so much joy but i also do a lot of shit online or i used to still do yeah and still i don't get online enough which is my maybe why i'm able to say that the past is behind me from a temporal sense but maybe i not bet if we one. put you in gta right now in you would 15 minutes you would revert 
I love fucking with people so much. Oh, it's so much fun. I, I will agree that I went overboard at times in Minecraft. I know as a few oh, selected. We're not, we're not starting on that. We're moving on. And that happened. But it, I I think especially because GTA is less of a constructive enterprise and more of, I would argue, an inherently destructive. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's like anything goes. GTA is like the Vegas of video games. It's like, if you can't do it there, where can you do it? Yeah. But, yeah. Fair. Cool. Oh, yeah. Our next segment, uh, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some humorous and some serious advice. Uh, we usually pull questions from Yahoo Answers, but unfortunately, Yahoo Answers is shutting down. Uh, officially, yep. all data wiped on May 4th. Someone will archive everything. Yeah, there's the beauty of the home. internet. That's There's, there's going to be screenshots for ages, forever. One day, like a thousand years from now, we'll look at Yahoo Answers. Answers, like people looked at... The secret We texts. look at the uh, uh, Upanishads. <laughs> or they, yeah, like some, some very esoteric knowledge where it's like, what were they trying to say? It, 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 it couldn't Great. be all this simple. There has to be metaphor behind it. It's like, Great no, they're just... tribe <laughs> of our tribe. What, how, do, how did the sacred texts tell us to respond to this poor harvest? Our coworker considered real friends. Why or why not? <laughs> I see. We have to consider that we have to take the bad with the good, and that the Earth is our co is working with us in conjunction. We have to be kinder to Earth. Sure. You found the wisdom of Yahoo Answers. It was in you all along. Wow. The answers of the Yahoos we made along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Our first question this week is Judy being a hypocrite. With the further details, Judy preaches the importance of forgiveness on her Facebook page. However, when I apologized after inadvertently offending her over something that I posted online, she did not accept my apology. She just ignored my apology. So is Judy being a hypocrite when she preaches importance of forgiveness online? I'm gonna sure. barrel I'm I mean I'm gonna barrel <laughs> in with my pre-canned preloaded response of nothing oh. on the internet is real and if you take there it you seriously go. you're a fucking chump but a, a handy metaphor i will use for this is like pretend like the internet is a party that you go to like every night and like w would you like let what happened at that party necessarily dictate like how you felt about the rest of your life i think it a lot of people might is no, it really depends on what happened at that party I guess that's what that's the question that is like I, I would say that Judy is being a hypocrite in the context of something that doesn't really have any meaning. And well, what else should you be a hypocrite about? Those are the important things. Yeah, what should you be? <laughs> there, there might be some things. Who knows? Uh, maybe Judy knows. Um, Apparently, I would say. I mean, I think Judy is somebody who uses phrases like the importance of forgiveness or the word hypocrite to kind of like score her points in the current online forum so i would say like just talk judy's, to her in real life judy is being a hypocrite but it's not your problem yeah it's not it's not your problem and like yeah. uh, uh, funnily and or ironically enough you refusing to forgive her ignoring your apology misses the whole point of this gesture <laughs> yeah uh, just perpetuates the hypocrisy yeah i say turn the other cheek who cares outside and take a walk off fucking facebook unless you're like 50 then you have nothing better to do so wow. just do that. i'm pretty sure <laughs> someone who's 50 can go outside and take a walk i know that's what i'm they saying might need their chair but you know well, then hey <laughs> and no but uh right like are you implying that they need a wheelchair or are you implying that they like carry a folding chair so they can stop periodically at points during a walk and like take breaks like, i'm going down? to pick the second one because i find that funnier yeah, that one's adorable. Wait, you don't have a folding chair backpack? No, oh, it's shit, just dude. built into the pants of my into my pants. Oh, even better. <laughs> yeah, the just legs are like attached to your legs, and they just pop out. Yeah, that's a thing. I'm not surprised. Jay, was that uh, was that a community reference, or was that an RJ original? Wait, what? Is a isn't there a sh there's a bit in Community about Pierce having uh, pants? Oh yeah, like, there is. Uh, see his pants. See, it's both because I know okay. I've seen them in real life too, on the internet. Is it? Holy shit! Ooh. Um, our next question. 
why don't people just smash volcanoes up uh, instead of leaving them to erupt? For reals, yeah. Because, because then how are you supposed to see it? Because the volcano is your giant flag that says death funnel. Whereas if otherwise it's a level hole in the ground and you're just walking and then all of a sudden lava. Yeah, I'm like, that's like saying that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point I hadn't thought of. I was just going to be like, because they look cool. That too. Yeah, I was going to say, that'd be like asking, like, why don't you just buy, like, post-exploded fireworks? And it's like, well... <laughs> Where would you take point. your virgin sacrifices? Yeah, exactly. What are you yeah, take like, It's way mountain? cooler to take them up a mountain and then chuck them in than to just walk across level grounds and then just kind of push them off into a hole. That's lame. You can okay. just do that into a hole anywhere and start a fire at the bottom of the hole and be the same thing. So you're saying yeah. we can build our own volcano? Well, uh, really we build we build a small <laughs> mountain with a hole in it and we put a fire at the bottom. Yeah, it's basically a volcano. Uh, where's sure. my Disney ride? <laughs> <laughs> where's my check? Knock, knock, knock. Disney here. Great business venture. We're going to turn volcanoes We're going to turn Splash fire. Mountain into a volcano. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean like a volcano exterior, like decorated, like it's going to look like a volcano? No. That's kind of We're going to turn it into a volcano. Oh. <laughs> yes, that is... You don't understand. A real volcano where people will pay to go to a real volcano. Look, at, but they won't, they Mr. Won't Disney, come back. sir, oh. you turned some swamp in the middle of Florida into a theme park. We're going to take that theme huh. park and turn it into a crack in the tectonic plates. <laughs> you don't understand, all right? What do people love more than anything? Their family. That and the end of the world, all right? So we're going to combine both. The <laughs> of a Disney theme park the libidinal catharsis of the end of the world. <laughs> We've, got We've got Tomorrowland. We've got Frontierland. And now I welcome you to Apocalypse Land. The All day Disney after Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that the sequel to the Tomorrowland movie? This is the day after the day Tomorrowland. After Tomorrowland, yeah, they didn't tell us though. If you, I'm sure, if you can, like in certain frames, if you look real closely, you can see an out of focus Epcot ball in the background of some of the shots. <laughs> sure. Oh, so yeah, uh, go build a volcano. That's our answer. Yeah, go do that. Yep. Uh, would smiling be a proper response when someone insults you? Uh, hmm. Yes. I mean, you sure. I suppose what the motivation is, because if you're smiling and you're like, I'm going to do this so that they think I don't care. But in the inside, I am crying. I mean, then maybe, maybe maybe not. I figure there's two instances where someone is insulting you. They're doing it to hurt your feelings or it's your friend giving you shit. And in either case, if you smile, you diffuse the situation. You could also antagonize them. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And that is an answer, Calvin, that is an answer that can be used in both instances, so I don't know how to move (laughs) on from here. (laughs) I would say, I mean, who's to say what, like, how much you can really control what's going to come up on your face after somebody says something to you. So I would say don't have a, don't have a plan for those situations, just accept what happens. That happened to me at swim practice once. We were doing, I don't remember what the exercise we were doing was. But yeah. we were at the end, and Cruz was explaining something. He looked at me. He's like, "What are you smiling for?" And I, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, def- "Self defense." Nothing. I just don't want you to kill me. Well, you too just fucking, bad. You just fucking <laughs> totally gambled wrong on that buck. <laughs> There's one thing I hate more than a pussy. It's a liar, and smilers are both. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no. I, I can only say that because, yeah, I'm I'm a nervous smiler, too. So I, I would say, I mean, just own it, dude. That's what I do during poker games. I just smile because most of the time I have a shitty hand and people are like, you're smiling because you have a good hand, aren't you? And I'm like, ha, 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 sure. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely. smiling because I don't know how to play the yeah, game. Exactly. Why don't you, I don't know, you, why don't you really show me something? Why don't you just fold right now? How would you fold? <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Uh. Our next question. Uh, What to put in an Easter basket for my 18-year-old nephew? 
With the further details, I know he's grown and doesn't need one, but I like giving him one, so please don't answer if that's all you're going to say. He isn't in school and works at a restaurant. He has a car. He doesn't really have any hobbies besides hanging with his friends. Candy. Can't go wrong with candy. It's kind of the point of an Easter basket, really. Yeah. Okay. Flavored vape. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I agree. guess. Okay. I, I agree with the candy. I usually think, like, the greatest Easter baskets, like, the the closest, I think, are, like, all candy and then usually, like, one small gift. Like a toy yeah. or like something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I would That's say... Yeah. I, I would say, if I'm being serious, so all classic Easter candy, if he has a car... I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to help him or not, but I think those things, these things that are really cool are those like Bluetooth things you can plug into your car and you can get them kind of cheap, you know, yeah, your cars have like, you know, I'm assuming if he's working at a restaurant, he's probably has an older car, um, you know, price points and all that. But yeah, I, I would say like, I think a cool small gift for like an 18 year old would be one of those like Bluetooth style jacks where you can tune into the radio and then, you know, tune your phone into that. And it's a way to listen to music if you don't have a way to do it. Yeah. There you go. Candy and a Duh. little radio thing. Yeah. Our last question this week. Is it bad that I have no interest in history? Um, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Fine. Bad. Like it's not unhealthy to you necessarily. I mean, but... I feel like you should be at least like respectful of history because of how much you can learn of, about our current situation by examining history, but you don't have yeah, to hear other uh, people to worry about though. Yeah. Like there are other people who do that for you though. So, yeah, I think, I think though there are certain things where it's like, if you don't have even a baseline historical knowledge, it's like not having, it's like not being able to, it's not like, it's like not having the base of a, of a vocabulary, like the basic alphabet of something. Like there are some things where you do need history to kind of like understand it, like people's motivations, how things got here. It's not important or like necessary in the way that like food or water is. Um, and it's not as like practically useful as something like physics or like biology, but is something where, like, if you don't have an interest in it, that's fine. But then don't expect to be, like, taken seriously when people are having, like, discussions that might have a basis in, like, history. Anything from a political to an artistic one. If you, you can't, like, contribute to it, then that's nobody's fault. Also, be prepared to repeat a lot of mistakes because of that good old saying, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Dude, I, there is a part of me that is almost convinced that, like... Uh, a part because you know how in like Buddhism and under other like Eastern like Hindu, Buddhism, Hinduism, even like Taoism, maybe not Taoism, I can't remember, but there's like the theme of reincarnation and stuff. Yeah, I think like much in the same way. I, I I've had this thought before. I'd be interested to see what you guys think. I think much in the same way that like you can make the argument that there are like some socio political or like historical allegories that are made in the Bible with like the story of Christ or like disciples or whatever. Um, like all, they were also religious stories, but they could also be charted as stories about like free and the society at the time or whatever, um, or just observations that were made. I think you can make the argument that like, um, you can see reincarnation as what it is like metaphysically or religiously, where it's like the, uh, the idea of like, you know, karma, you're going to come back, something like that. Um, I think you could also see it as in like a historical context in the sense that like you like if you look at it, like you really read the books, kind of look at the and narrative like human beings really have just kind of lived the same life over and over again, just in different places, different places and different faces. Like the story is yeah. usually the same, you know, the life cycle for the most part, the mistakes people make and well, it's like a David Attenborough, right? The cycle of life goes on. Yeah, it's like that. I thought I think it'd be interesting, and I don't know if this has any basis, but it'd be interesting to question if that's like partially what some of those like texts on reincarnation like allude to. Is that just the historical condition of like humankind, kind of just different people from different parts of the world, basically doing the same stuff, um, but they're just different faces and places. I th yeah. I think that's a fascinating question, but I think it's a question for another day. Because the rain fun. is starting yeah. to hit against my uh, air conditioning unit. 
and it's making the light go green on Discord. Gotcha. Um, so nice. it's about time to wrap up. Aye. Thank you for joining this week, fellows. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday on iTunes and Spotify now. Go listen to it. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify and a couple other platforms. If we're not on a platform you want us to be on, let us know and we'll get right on that. Like and Final. subscribe and download. Finally, what? Vinyl. Oh, yeah, we can get vinyl. Do you know a guy who does vinyl? That's your problem. Fair. <laughs> Damn. Fair point. Ask and answered. <laughs> uh, if anybody knows a guy who does vinyl records for podcasts, let me know. Uh, you that can let me know fun. at our email, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can message us there. Better Buddies on Facebook at Better Budcast on Twitter. Use the hashtag Better Buddies. And let me know if you got a guy who does vinyl or if you have, uh, if you need advice, if you need us to give some advice for you, or if you have a icebreaker question you want us to answer, send all those in to our social medias. Uh, rest in peace, Yahoo Answers. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Bye. Three, two, one. There. Oh my god. That I was, nailed it. That was good I, timing. I was <laughs> Did one of you message me? Because I was literally like... No, I literally saw you pop online on Discord and I was like, here comes James. Three, two, one, and then you joined. (laughs) Hey, classic shit.